0: The Star. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Five Star Podcast. My name is Tom Savage. Hope you're having a good week. Uh, It is Tuesday. I had a bit of a slowdown today. I was um, minding a baby who, and you know what? They aren't fully on board with the kind of silence that's typically expected for podcasts. So this ended up being a little bit later than normal. But to be fair, I was in with the press conference today uh, for the Munster press conference uh, which there was a few interesting bits in it actually and uh, she was sitting on my lap the entire time so she was very good because if you're listening to the recording there not a star out of her so that I think is very good well done my daughter anyway um, the final score in this game was Munster 5 um, or Glasgow 5 Munster 14 in what was a just a really exciting game I think first and foremost physically exhausting it took a huge toll on us physically um, with the players who've been injured since and ruled out I think you look at what this club and what this team I suppose this squad have been through this season to be in a situation where you're in a semi-final is you know pretty good because like at the start of the season I wasn't talking about semi-finals do you know? Like, we were talking about getting, you know, qualifying for Europe, look, getting to the knockouts and seeing what happens, right? Because, uh, you know, finishing top eight, that was a, a bare minimum for Munster, top seven, realistically. Um, to get there uh, in the manner that we did, showed a whole lot of character, showed a whole lot of quality. But this game was actually really difficult. You look at the quality of Glasgow, how well they've played this season, and I think how well they've played over the last... Um, over the last two seasons at home in particular under Franco Smith they've become a, a very dangerous attacking side to go with the sort of the dirty stuff that they were always fairly good at you know that's a very very difficult place to go and win so to go there and win without necessarily playing all that well I think is a really good sign for this monster team and shows that we have a developing Tough streak in this team that was there in previous teams, but they were previous teams. I think with what we've seen from Munster post that game in Durban, um, where we were hockeyed by the Sharks out of Europe, I think the turnaround that we've seen since then has been really good, and it's been the kind of thing that it can galvanize a group. You know, I I think that those two performances back to back losing at home to Glasgow a dour loss you know and then to back that up with a trip down to South Africa where you know everything's a bit rushed you're under pressure you're playing in a sauna with the fucking heat lamps turned on and you get pumped and we got pumped in South Africa uh, uh, against uh, the Sharks in Durban on that that, uh, European Cup game we were pumped and that comes off the back of you know disappointing group where yeah look we qualified but you look at the the bonus points that we maybe left behind against the likes of northampton on the road and you know i i truly believe that we had the capa- the, the capacity to beat this to lose side that we lost to twice and that's kind of how you end up you know where you are and i think looking at what we have achieved this season where a massive amount of change happening from the very minute that the new coaches came in you know when you're bringing in that much change there's always going to be I'm going to say it jank jankiness <laughs> there's going to be weirdness there's going to be stuff isn't going to work right stuff is going to look like shit at the start and it did Um, I was at both pre-season friendlies and we looked really poor in both of those like the the first half team that we had against Gloucester, I think, and London Irish, just looked so far off the races. Um wasn't true. When you look at our second half performances and those pre season friendlies, and they were they were better. But you know, you went into that, you know, the, like the, the first game of the season, the made a Cardiff. They're as fully loaded as they can go. We're disrupted to pieces. and we play like shit and get beaten. Same again against the Dragons, where we were real bad and got beaten again by you know, a fairly bang average to poor Dragon side as loaded as they were at that time Um, and off a, you know, a, a new coach bounce or an old coach fucking off bounce. Um, we were still far from good enough in that game and we we're deservedly beaten. I was in Cork for that Zebra game and the game were just poor. Just... So much, it, it's taking, it was taking so long for what we were trying to do to stick. We were going from a chameleon team who didn't really have any fundamentals in our game outside of, you know, classic, you know, we have a good kick defense game, we're a good transition defense team, you know, all this stuff, and we have a good set piece. We were changing what our core fundamentals were, and we're still in the middle of that. We're turning into a team who want to dominate the ball. And we want to dominate physically with the ball. And we're all comfortable playing multi-phase games. And we will play that on transition. You kick the ball to us, you don't get it back. And that's kind of what we're building. We're not there yet, but that's where we're going. So I think the way that the season started to get to this point shows a big development in year one that I I think that we we can't really ignore. We can't just dismiss out of hand as just being oh well look Munster are supposed to qualify for Europe look I agree but we also understood at the start of the season that we needed to make a pretty radical change from what we had done before and like at the start of the season they were playing down just how radical the changes we were making were but they're completely a completely different way of playing Um, and it, it, it was almost incredibly costly and I look at the last couple of games and and that build up to that loss at home to Glasgow and then away to to the Sharks the whole season was on the line in those two weeks where like let's be clear like if Munster were to lose to the Stormers at home or in in, you know down in DHL Park like in Cape Town like we lose that game chances are we're finishing just outside the top 8 with the way that everything shook out like you know, losing to the, to the Sharks then like we're out of Europe like the disaster that would be for the club for just the status of the, of, of, of the group themselves to have that job to do and to not be able to do it incredibly damaging so this is the first year of a, of a big big transition and there's more to come with more stuff being added and you know players who will drop out there's been such churn this season like in this group to go from there to what we've seen in reality, those two weeks are a massive turnaround for this squad and for this team, where instead of letting the heads drop, like last season when we lost to Toulouse and um, that was our season finished, and we lost the next three games, and lost them really, or the, the, the next two games, and lost them incredibly poorly, where we lost away to Leinster's B B team. We lost to Ulster, who, again, look, we, we, we knew how to beat because we'd done it a few weeks prior. But our season was finished, so m- mentally the heads were gone. This season, you could see the same thing would have been possible, but they refused. And those two weeks, you hear, I've heard a lot about them. Tough, tough going, stand-up arguments, fellas having cuts off each other a real airing out of what we needed to do as a group and what better way to fucking to to tattoo that on yourself than to go on a two-week tour of south africa straight away after where you're spending those days you're spending those evenings having a fucking coffee or having a you know having a drink or having a you know a meal with, with with these guys who you see in training but you wouldn't hang out with like, people think that the monster team or, and all teams kind of hang out with each other all the time. Like, that, that's not really true. Like, it's a bit like any workplace. You have the people who you know and you're friends with. Then you have your other people who you work with. And you're, you know, more often than not on friendly enough terms with them. But, like, you wouldn't go out with them or you wouldn't go for lunch with them or whatever else. What a, a rugby tour does is that it gives you that opportunity. And, and with that comes a bit of closeness, a bit of, you know, a bit of extra tightness. And that's always that's always valuable on a rugby field. And then what happened in South Africa brought us to here, brought us to Scottsdale, and with the way that the season shook out, it was poetic that we were facing this team who had humiliated us at home a few weeks um, prior, so like we owed them one, and we owed them a big one, so the way this game started off, and I've seen Access Monster since, by the way, which if you're not a subscriber check out access Munster. It is so valuable for giving you a real, like an actual proper look inside what Munster were doing in the build up to this game. Um, you can see how Peter Manny got injured. Wasn't in tackling Sioni Tua Pilato. It was um, earlier in the game where he got a kick on his elbow and hurt it. And this was around the time that the, the first kick from Glasgow. So really, really early into the game. So you look at the um, the way that Munster approached this game from the start was physicality and uh today on the press conference it's on the the press preview which is uploaded um you can listen to right now andy kiriakou dropped a really interesting fact for me early on which was that the ball and play time for this game was 43 minutes which is colossal um both sides i think were looking to produce those numbers um 43 minutes for and as an example, was around about what Ireland and France put on the field in that Six Nations game a few weeks ago. Um so that'll give you an idea as to how tiring and how difficult this game was from a you know just a cardio management perspective. But also when you figure in that we lost O'Mani and Snyman and Murray um and then Barron early in the early in the, the second half, all of those other three guys in the first half. We'll give you an idea as to just how exhausted and how, like, we had to go deep into our bench rotation uh, to keep a- an effective pack on the field. Glasgow had a red card, a deserved red card. You know, I- I've yet to meet anybody who doesn't think that was a cast iron red card. Um, Didn't really affect them all that much. Like, you look at style of play, right? And, uh, like, I realized earlier in the in the week here that I've actually been looking at um, Franco Smith teams for quite a while like he was the coach of the Cheetahs and I've, I've analysed the Cheetahs before a good number of times I went back and I watched the Cheetahs side that Munster were playing back in 2018 2019 I think it was so many like you've got Jasper Vises playing for them you've got JP Dupria who's actually playing for Glasgow now you've got Oxen and Che um, good players like good players really good players the way that they play the way that the Cheetahs play there are so many um similarities to, to the way that Glasgow play which is they like a lot of ball and play they like a lot of face play face play as a almost like a vice where they try to squeeze you and like what Munster did and, and what we didn't do in, in, in the, the game in Tolman Park was we weren't clued in to what they were doing offensively or the read we had in them was wrong Um we realised from the last game to this game that Glasgow aren't after a huge amount of gain line when they're trucking it up through the forwards. You've got to stop them, obviously, and, 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 we, did, and we did. But what we did in Tomeman Park was, is that we decided we were going to keep men active in the line. We didn't understand that the fundamentals of, of Glasgow's game is based on quick ruck ball, They have the quickest rock ball of any team in the URC this season. Faster than Leinster, which is saying something. So what we did was, is that we set about slowing them down. And we did it really successfully. Not to the point where we completely shut them out. They were able to get outside us a few times, but we scrambled well. And that meant that in those early 20 minutes of the game, first quarter, we didn't have a whole lot of the ball. We we actually had very, very little of it. But we punished them. And we deliberately kept the ball in play because we wanted to take them on. Like just how fit do you think you are? Just how physical do you think you can be over the course of a forty minute spell? Because everybody gets a break at halftime, obviously. And you can see looking at that game, like the red card aside, like Glasgow were struggling physically after that first twenty minutes. Like I won't say we broke them in that first twenty minutes, but we came fucking close. Because you look at some of the defensive shots we were putting in, we were hurting them. We were driving them back. We were filling the field and like filling their 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 lanes. Their, and they had to go really, really deep, but like Franco Smith's Cheetahs used to do. Uh, they, they had to go really deep to try and get around us. And they, they couldn't really. Uh, and that, you know to an extent, shows that we understood how they hurt us and how they hurt teams in general. And we took that away from them as much as we could. So that in itself was very satisfying. But you look at the, I suppose how how you know the the way Munster responded in the aftermath of that shows that that to me was a deliberate plan. Obviously you don't you don't you don't intend to defend like deep in your own twenty two like there was a wonderful few misreads or whatever else. But we kicked to keep the ball in play. We didn't want to give them too many lineouts to attack. We wanted to go after those breakdowns. We wanted to slow them down. And when you slow down Glasgow at the rock all of a sudden you're seeing a ton of static runners that are that are deep in the field and they're trying to play outside you but if the ruck isn't quick they can't block you effectively which means that you've got static targets that are deep in the field that you can attack directly and, and we scored a try almost directly off that so i think it was a really really well done game from a defensive perspective which is in line with the last couple of weeks because like we had a disastrous run there where we conceded so many points uh, against scarletts glasgow and then the sharks we had to turn that around and, and to do it against the, the Stormers and then the, the Sharks, certainly for the majority of the game, we showed learning and we showed that we're building something. Now, this was a game that we should have won quite comfortably, I think, given the red card. The last 10 minutes of this game were not great from a, a, a kind of a position management perspective. This is something I think that as a team, we're still building and we're still learning how to execute these things and you might say look sure rugby team should be able to do that and yeah look you're right but i think from a like a growth perspective that's something that comes with certainty it comes with time it comes with like a good number of seasons working with the likes of mike prendergast and dennis Leamy. So you can build that certainty of well this is what we do in these circumstances i still think that there's elements of where we get a little bit of white line fever certainly in this case where we i think we saw the game right there in the, at the end of that first half. And like, you know, all it takes is one or two small mistakes. Cause look, Glasgow are no mugs. Like I'm sure if we were playing the likes of Zebra, we would have, we would have put them away 40 or 50 points, but like Glasgow are no mugs. They were very good team. They've got a lot of, they've got a lot of internationals in that team as well. So they weren't going to jack it in at home. Like they don't do that. So we got into those close range positions and, I think we were a little bit, at times, overly conservative, and then almost as a counterbalance to that, almost it went too expensive to sort of, you know, overcompensate for it. Almost, Um, I still think that Hodnett's try that wasn't a try. I don't think Calvin Nash knocked that ball on, but I can see why the referee gave it. Um, That gave a bit of frustration, a bit of belief back to Glasgow in the second half. They readjusted then; they readjusted their game in the second half. Because I think if they didn't make a change, what would have happened is um and again we we gave them an early uh turnover where we conceded the penalty I think it was relatively early in the game um, that allowed them to get position and that was the story of the second half really, where instead of pressurizing them and taking advantage of the you know the the the, the fourteen players, we ended up defending way too much and look we we defended really well, but that's not how I think we visualise this game going. And I, I think some of that comes down to our lineout not functioning. Now, we don't know how early Dermot Barron's uh, shoulder was hurt. Again, shoulder being, you know, off hurts a, a hooker. It hurts his ability to throw accurately. Some of the throws that we had weren't great, but it was in the face of some really good defensive lineout work from uh, Glasgow also. So... At six and one half dozen the other there. Line-out work wasn't sharp. Our structures were looking a little bit off. But it was in the face of really good line-out defence from uh, Richie Gray and Scott Cummings, who were really good athletic, and Richie Gray in particular, a really tall, long uh, defender in the air. So, like, you look at how that let Glasgow off the hook consistently, so they didn't have to defend for long stretches. And when we did get the opportunity, you know, a few poor fumbles like there was that opportunity off a turned over Glasgow line where Jack Crowley threw a perfectly acceptable pass to Malachi Feketoa who played really well otherwise and he just knocked the ball on just really that goes to hand and that's game over but that wasn't how this game went and that's something we definitely do have to work on our ability to close out those moments um, sometimes I think like I said we overcomplicate it and our decision making can be a little bit like I said, a little bit fluctuating wildly from one extreme to the other where we're going too much to the forwards because to be fair, we've got some very heavy forwards for taking that over. Gavin Coombs in particular is lethal from five metres out. You know, his carry in the build-up, by the way, to uh, the first try for Malachi Fekatoa. Outstanding. That power of that man. um, Unbelievable. He had a top-class game but I think sometimes we're almost kind of a little, a little too in love with that. You know, and uh, to an extent I get it as well and, and later in the game when they were down to 13 at that point for me I wasn't overly concerned about like putting extra scores in them I was more concerned about clock management which I think we did quite well for the game where we managed to keep them out of the game uh, in areas where they could hurt us we kept turning them back and a few people asking about why were they not kicking for three they don't kick for three like, they, they haven't really done that this season at all. What they like to do, like, Glasgow, they feel that they are an incredibly fit team. And what they like to do is keep the ball active at all times. So, they play a huge amount of on-ball rugby. um, Like, like their kicking game is all about activity as well. So, they don't really kick too long. They're not a massive counter-transition team. But when they do kick, it's, it's kind of in that mid-range. So... You're like they're pressurizing you at high speed, and when they get the ball back, they're good on transition. But when they win a penalty, they go to that mall. They've a big, heavy mall uh, They've got good forwards, and they're constantly keeping the pressure up on you. They're constantly keeping the the cardio pressure up because you're always active against Glasgow. And I think the, the the ball and play time in this game, given that they had sixty, you know, they had fifty seven percent possession. I think it was, uh, yeah, fifty seven percent. That will give you an idea as to, I suppose, just how well they were able to manage the clock and manage manage the ball, I should say, where they were, they were in control of what the ball did and they kept a lot of ball in play. That synced up with what we were doing as well, where we were happy enough to keep the ball in play. We didn't really want to be defending their line out too much um, and we managed quite well there. But that's kind of, you know, you look at that 43 minutes, a large part of that was our inability to secure our own lineup ball and to secure our own scrum. We came under big, big pressure there and conceded a few, I think two or three penalties that we conceded, which, again, aided Glasgow to have constant possession in our 22 because they just kicked the ball deep, they mauled, we held them out, and then they would just go into settle phase play. you know. And, and, and that was, we were able to defend that, but all those phases or minutes where we don't have the ball And I think that kind of that's how the game ended up with Glasgow dominating the majority of the of of the possession is that, you know, we would end up defending a long sequence and then we're looking to exit, right? We're not looking to play from inside around twenty two because we're only two scores up. So we kick deep and they have a line out and we don't get at the line out, so we're defending again and like that's where the game kind of goes because Glasgow they pulled their kicking game right back like they didn't really have a massive interest in kicking in that second half at all because to be fair with Tom Jordan off the field there was no real way for them to get into a prolonged kicking battle with Munster which is what we would do if they started kicking longer to us we would if we got any bit of separation at all we would drive it into the space where Tom Jordan isn't again like that would be stupidity from Glasgow and they're not a stupid team like they're not a, they're not a badly coached team like Franco Smith understood what they needed to do and Glasgow at the best of times are, are they're like they're a good team for hanging on to the ball That played into the second half as it as it looked where they eventually scored in the 67th minute thank God it was uh, out in the corner because that's a tough conversion they don't think they had a, a recognised kicker in the field so they missed that that meant it was 14-5 which again that's two scores with 13 minutes left i felt we could manage that and, and we did we were able to pressurize them we didn't get the you know the killer score that we wanted but i feel that we were playing conservatively because we understood that and because remember like and i will say it again glasgow are a good side glasgow are a side that understand the importance of playing at home they haven't been beaten there since la rochelle like since Lara, Rochelle shall beat them there, especially fully loaded. So when they have like a situation like that where they're losing at home in a knockout game, like they're not just going to jack it in, and like again, our management of those moments from close range wasn't great, you know. Again, but at the same time, did we prevent them from getting the ball and pressurizing us up the field? Yes, and you could see a situation where you might go pull it out to the backs and you sling a pass out wide that gets intercepted they go under the posts all of a sudden you've got a kick off and you're lo- you're winning by a point that is not uh, a- an optimal situation to be in so like that's something that I think that we were aware of maybe a little bit overly cognizant of but I, I think that we dogged it out and I think that outside of the issues with the scrum and the line out and um, you know some of the handling errors that we saw our defensive performance here against a team that are this good in attack that pieced us up a couple of weeks back like humiliated us that shows a lot of growth and i think that in itself is like just outside of anything else that's a great result on the back of two other really credible results as well against the sharks and against uh, the stormers so that in itself shows there is something in this team so yeah some of my top performers um I think looking at this game back a few times like there was guys who stood out almost straight away like John Hodden had a great game off the bench like his work rate defence everything like he didn't really get much of a chance to show up uh, his offensive side of the ball but defensively he was everywhere everywhere um really impressive off the bench and I think uh, look I don't know how Peter Manny would have played um for the full game, but I think what we lost in the defensive line out, we got back in our defensive coverage during phase play. So it worked out either way. um thought uh, Hodnet gave him five stars off the bench. I thought he was outstanding. Uh, and again, look, this is a really good performance from most of the guys. Like, I gave Jeremy Lockman four stars. He started to tire a little bit as the game went on, uh, scrummaging wise, up against a very heavy Glasgow uh, tight head side, to be fair. um and struggled a bit towards the end but like had a good game overall Um, Archer, another solid outing from him a lot of work right around the breakdown very impressive there Uh, Jean Clain, 5 stars Um, I thought he was just the typical level of excellence and physicality that we expect from Jean Clain at this stage because he has turned into that guy where he is a kind of a physical leader for us out there he rarely has a poor game to the point where for, like, when he does have a poor game it's actually like beyond noticeable his scrummaging his mauling his coverage in the wider channels like we, we use them as a kind of a big heavy hitter in the sort of the, the wider areas of the field here so he was never in position really to make a tackle but when he reached that breakdown he was nuking it from a defensive perspective and really pressurizing Glasgow as they look to try and build their structures um, just another top class performance from him uh, RGA didn't rate because he was off the field really early same with Peter and Manny but Tyg Byrne first game back I saw him in Lockburger <laughs> the week before this game looking fucking great walking around fine and I remember thinking shit he's probably going to be back soon <laughs> and then he's named fit to play this week or the week before this game and I'm not sure if the plan was for him to play 80 minutes but the 80 minutes he played of the fucking highest standard yeah he blitzed out For that Glasgow try. But I don't think it was a bad idea for him to do that. I think that he was right in the moment to make that shot. And he's been playing. He played at six here. Played really well. Like in that sort of half lock role. Which again he's perfect for. Um, And I think added to our size overall. Like I think we looked more physically robust with him. um, In that back row alongside. You know what would be Finney Witchley coming on for RG Stamen fairly early. But I think that is a good build for this team. I think it suits what we're trying to do. We didn't get to show what it can do offensively, but defensively, I think we showed that Tyg Byrne more than has the mobility to cover the edge spaces that you would need in that setup. And I think he's he did really, really well here. Five stars from me. Remarkable fucking freaking nature stuff for him off the bench. Gavin Coombs um, is a guy who is wrecking heads for lads up in Dublin at the moment for some reason, because when I mention his name, and only his name and only his performance in an individual game because look i've learned at this stage that there is no point whatsoever in talking about a monster player playing well and then possibly getting into into garden setup that's not how that's not not, not how monster players are thinking that's not how i'm thinking i'm thinking about how well do these guys play for Munster ireland is grand whatever like So, when I'm talking about Gavin Coombs having a good game, I'm not saying, oh, is he going to displace Caelan Doris from the Ireland team? No, he's not. (laughs) He's not going to do that. Unless Caelan Doris is injured and then Jack Conan is injured. Because that's how Ireland runs at the moment. But what I do know is he was incredibly complete in this game. Where he was showcasing a bit of everything. He's got the passing ability, which, again, people assume he doesn't have. I think it's because... They look at him as being a big physical guy and they assume, well, he can't pass. CJ Sander couldn't pass, so he can't pass as well. That's what we're going to use to damn this guy. He's actually a really good passer of the ball. And if you'd been watching him for any length of time before the point that you decided to hate him parasocially, I think you would have seen that he's got that passing game in his locker, both short range, mid range and long range passing. He's got that ability in him. Um, but like the overall completeness of his game means that I think to properly understand the way that Gavin Coom plays the way that Gavin Coombs plays now is to understand that he plays like a half lock power forward. So what does that mean? It means that some of the qualities that you would look at in James Ryan or that you would look at in Ryan Baird or Jason Jenkins, I'm just talking about the Leinster fans now who don't understand what Gavin Coombs brings. Look at what they bring, right? But then also add in what a and Dorris would do. So the offensive ruck work was one of the was one of the areas where Gavin Coombs didn't have the same level of numbers that a ga Dorris or a Jack Conan would have. Not not even Jack Conan, Kaylin Doris. But he's added that to his game as well now. So as well as being a guy who's carrying the ball twenty two times, his breakdown involvements on both sides of the ball were massive. So that comes with added fitness. It means that he has to, you know, trim a few KG off but I think his work in the line-out, his work in the mall. You know, there was one or two um, errors, you know, where himself and Craig Casey got a bit of a mix-up, you know, close to the line. But I think when you look at, at the, the game in Europe at the moment, there were very few players in this game who are as dangerous from close ranges as Gavin Coombs is, because he is around 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, he can get incredibly low to the ground, but he's really ridiculously strong also. So that... In itself is a weapon from close range. If you can get there, teams know Gavin Coombs can hurt them. So that in itself is a is a, is a great thing to have. But the overall completeness of his game, I think, has really come on this season, where he's added that half lock style game to his his repertoire, I suppose, and his overall role set. I think he's a much better player for it. So that in itself is something where that like where that is a positive. But like people talking about like should he go and play for Ireland like he's in. Who gives a fuck, like, if he does or he doesn't, like, I, I, I'm concerned about how well this guy does for Munster, like, if he goes plays for Ireland, great, you know, I, I think he he would deserve an opportunity to do that, but I don't think anybody in Munster is living or dying now by whether they get selected for, like, Andy Farrell's Ireland, like, I'm not sure anybody's, you know, staying up late at night wondering if they're going to get a call there or not, because, to be honest, you look at the last number of, of, of years under Andy Farrell, it would suggest that that's not going to happen, so, Like, I'm just meaning this from just a purely pragmatic point of view. Why would you be up wondering and worrying and, and, you know, wasting energy proposing guys to play for Ireland when, like, that just doesn't happen? Like, it happens if you're a down-chart Leinster player. That's fine. But why would you waste your energy trying to, you know, push guys for it when that's just not how it works in this country? So, like, I'm not talking about Gavin Coombs coming in to replace Caelan Doris and I, I genuinely mean that what I mean is that he's playing incredibly well for Munster and that's what's important to me at the moment um, so you have Conor Murray played well up until he was taken out with that uh, that headshot, which was again fucking like ridiculous um, Jack Crowley I felt played very well he executed really really well for those two tries um, kicked well um, unlucky not to have a key pass for that, you know, what should have been a try for Malachi Fekato or Antoine Frisch off that turnover in the second half. But you know, physically showed up as well. Like there were some moments that he had from midfield that were just really good, showing up in a mall, showing up defensively. He'd probably have to do that coming up against Leinster, but I just felt that he showed his quality um again here, his playmaking quality as well. Of being just really aggressive and really threatening and look with it with his line running. He doesn't angle. He fucking attacks the gap straight up because he backs himself physically to do it. Um very, very good young player. Um who I think has got multiple levels uh in his game to go. Uh Shane Daly, solid enough game for me. No massive fireworks, but I thought he was good. Fekatoa, some great moments defensively, he put some huge shots on, uh scored a nice try. Um then kind of was was in and out. Uh, he was taken off relatively early. Uh, came back on then for for Calvin Nash, who I just thought was fabulous. Antoine Freesh a great game as well, showing his aggression and defense as well. Where he was putting real shots on guys, really aggressive. Um, Love seeing that. Mike Haley, five star guy. He is just top drawer. Like just his work as a fullback, positionally in the backfield. Like understands it, gets the game, gets where he's supposed to be. His coverage in the wide channel, his scramble is really good. But he's such a big physical player as well where he puts stops on guys. And I think he is one of the most underrated players in the country. Um, very, very good player who I think, do you know, uh, has the capacity to be and go down as one of those like legendary monster guys who kind of come in unheralded. But, do you know, there's there's a bit of a mix of Sean Payne about this guy um, mixed a little bit with kind of I won't say Christian Cullen but like you look at his his frame you look at how dependable he is just kind of classic fullback stuff really and um, he brings that and I think with the playmaking aspect of his game taken out of our, our this system he has been just ridiculously good and um, yeah delighted with his performance here Niall Scannel I was disappointed with off the bench he had some good moments physically in defence some good um, line-out work but there was a penalty he gave away early on flopping onto the ground just I couldn't believe it you know um, needs a bit of time to warm up though because again he's been out for a while coming in relatively cold here due to a high intensity situation I would hope he'd be better this week um, Josh Richardley and Roman Salanoa came off the bench and had a tough going early on but I felt Josh Richardly bar one spilled ball off a, off a crash I thought was fucking great really really good scrummaging wise Managed to handle what was coming his way from um, from Glasgow, locked out the scrum for us, and they were really going after it as a means to get back up the field because that was their that was their only way, get, get a scrum penalty. But he locked that area out and really really good, like what I saw from him there. Uh, Casey, I thought, was really good and energetic off the bench. Um, I'd have zero issues with him starting as he will against Leinster showed what he can do from a a pass perspective i don't think there's there's any player in ireland at the moment who's got a a pass that's better than him and um like his other elements of his game are really working as well his kicking his sniping is something that he's really working on too i think that's still a work in progress but he's getting there and um top quality player who i think with you know a, a good run i think could be monster captain really really easily um, Finney Richardley, 5 star performance off the bench I thought he was fucking great I'm not sure what he's done I think it's he's added size but he is now looking like a fellow who impacts games at the top level he is driving guys off the ball he is hurting fellas in defence um, he is like his, his breakdown work is aggressive he is moving guys he's winning collisions offensively as well that to me like he looks bigger physically. He looks like uh, like a like he's added a couple of KG that were needed. But fuck it, man. He's playing really, really good. His lineup work is was was always sharp, but that's still there on top of the extra size he has too. I'll tell you this, we didn't miss RG's physicality with Finney in the field. That's a big compliment. That's where I think he is. He's playing really well at the moment. And fuck it, I'd start him in the second row next to Clean. um next week. Put Burn at six if Peter Manny's out. Even if Peter Manny isn't out But Burn at 6 I think that there's um, Yeah With Finney Witchley playing as well as this I think you fucking have to reward that But yeah Really good performances overall though Nobody here played poorly But we can't talk about this game Without talking about the injury toll Like This is uh, You look at RG Stammen being out Concussion Calvin Nash Brain injury Concussion Malachi Fekitoa Brain injury Concussion um, Conor Murray Out with a Brain injury Concussion um, to have that happened four times in one game is remarkable like it was remarkable when Scarlets were playing Glasgow a couple of weeks ago and they lost three guys in the first half to HIAs how does that happen that's what I want to know like I understand Glasgow are a dirty team and I mean that in the best way possible like Leinster are a dirty team but how does that amount of HIA happen in, in one game like one or two yeah when you're talking about four you're talking about almost a third of the starting team uh, very very unusual and I think Munster did the right thing in ruling out all four guys on the Monday um, yesterday before there was any talk during the week about oh we, we will see who does this or does that brain you know concussion is too important for me brain injury is too important so it sucks to be without those guys we would be a much better team capable of beating Leinster not easier but certainly we'd have a we'd have a, sh- a, like a, a better chance than we than we currently do with Sneeman with Nash with Fekatoa with Conor Murray who's been playing well now C- Craig Casey comes in I think he, honestly he's a guy you could easily start and, and maybe should be but Conor Murray's been playing well so I don't, I don't have a massive problem with that but that'll give you an idea as to the physical toll that this game took on us on top of the injuries then to Peter Armani and Dermot Barron now Dermot Barron has been training today Peter Armani has also but he's mainly been doing running and keeping active basically keeping mobile not sure if he's going to be available for that game or not but um, I don't know I'd say it's unlikely at the moment but we have to see how he recovers because if his elbow is not right I mean you'd be wasting you'd be wasting a spot putting him on there because with the, the places he's challenging with that right arm like line out straight away then is, is gone. Like how can he rip and how can he get at guys in the air if his elbow wasn't fully right? First, any sort of tussle in the air that he'd have grabbing for a ball, he'd be in trouble. So we'll have to see how, how that plays out, but I'd be surprised at the moment. But that's kind of the way that the that, 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 the game at the top level is played now. You look at Glasgow, they got they've got more current internationals than we do and like, I'm sure that will change over the course of the next number of of, uh, of seasons but there's I think there's a balance to be struck between understanding that Munster aspire to win trophies and we're in the semi-final now that we want to win I don't get this shot to nothing stuff it's not a shot to nothing this is a chance to beat Leinster in the Aviva Stadium while they will maybe have a quarter of an eye in a Heineken Cup final and then we can go on and maybe have a crack at winning a trophy ourselves how fucking class would that be? I don't get the whole shot to nothing. I'm sure it's okay if we lose. I'd be fucking devastated if we do because I think this team, with the way that they've turned around, they have the possibility. They have the possibility to get after that trophy and win it. Why not? Why not go after it? That's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, But at, while I understand that, at the same time, the development that we've made this season outside those first seven games which doesn't feel like it was this season it's weird how, how fast time has gone I understand that's because of the baby as well but still like that in itself shows that we're on the right track which is worth something that is worth something it's good to know that we have a system that we know works and that we're in heading in the right direction that in itself is quite valuable knowing where you're going is the right way and with that, I think we've got a lot of confidence already this season of we know what we're doing, we understand the type of game and team we want to be now, and we're going to go after it. That, to me, is is, is incredibly valuable. And I think it shows that getting in Roundtree and Prendergast and Leamy and, um, you know, Kiriakou, I think he's, he's he's been good, I think, you know, like our lineouts fluctuated all season you know I, I think that it can still it can still improve and, and there's there's a, one game left that we know we have for for sure that'll be a big proving ground for us our mall D was great in this game also by the way outstanding I think that with that we know with those guys that we have a solid fucking team and we have a solid coaching group there that gets what we're doing and aren't afraid to make big calls you look at the players who have left this season already I'm really interested to see how we go um, over the course of the next couple of seasons but this week in particular winning away against Glasgow is great because I hate Glasgow Um, and you know in a sort of parasocial sporting way obviously I don't hate the city of Glasgow much but you have I suppose the, the the buzz of beating that shower and then you're kind of you know the, the the the. I suppose the the, the happiness will fade from there when you realise you've got that other shower up the road to be playing <laughs> this week, and that's what makes it so interesting. In that we're back at this stage again, where we're heading to Leinster to Dublin for a league semi-final. Many monster campaigns have ended in defeat here, and you know you look on the balance of averages, you would say is the same thing going to happen here? Who's to say? But I think with what we have achieved and learned this season already, I think there is more hope than what I would typically have given on the previous pattern of these games. We had, under Johan, we had three league games or league semifinals, I think it was, against Leinster and lost every single one of them. We had a final as well, by the way. We, We lost that too. But to get to that final again... And to have a pop Be it off the Stormers Or be it off Connacht and I, I don't think Connacht Or you know I, I think they have the capacity To beat the Stormers below It'll be difficult But I think they can do it I think there's the capacity there For us to Do something that nobody Would have thought this season And to be so far ahead of schedule To lift the URC trophy That would be It's one of those things I think about it And I'm like, like That's the good shit one good day—that's all we need. But Leinster are a very formidable opponent, and that's the that's the the obstacle we have standing in our way this week. Luckily, they're my most analysed team, <laughs> so I've got a fairly comprehensive red eye coming this week on how I think, well, how I would how I would approach with this monster team, the team we're likely to have available. How I would approach beating this Leinster team in this semi final, but it will not be easy. And I think it's one of those kind of do or die moments. I think where we've lost too many games up in Dublin and maybe we lose this one but I want us to go out swinging and I want us to go out for most of this game with guys who are playing wondering I'm wondering I'm worried about that Heineken Cup final next week so maybe I won't go in there that's what we want we want to make Leinster choose which game do you want and if we can do that I think we'll, we'll go close but the physicality the aggression defensive solidity that we showed against a quick rock ball team that'll all be needed again at the weekend but what we did against Glasgow here I think for me is an incredibly credible result I said I did it again I did it on the live stream <laughs> I've done it here I mean it's a very credible result against a credible opponent away from home we weren't really winning away knockout games uh, in, in Europe or in um, in uh, the league over the last number of years That in itself is notable. Because if we can if we can assume that Glasgow are a good side, and remember we've seen i I've seen a lot of them this season, they are a good side. To beat them when they're fully loaded at home, that's a very good result, regardless of whatever else happens. And I think we can take confidence from that into this week, but also going forward. It's going to be a very interesting week. Um I've got a lot of content coming for you. A lot. I have got my Ballad of Antoine Friche article coming out this week on the five euro tier looking at Antoine Friche's season and how he has, I suppose, leveled up Monster's offensive game. I'm also going to be looking at um, how Alex Nankavel has been doing in uh, Super Rugby to get a kind of follow up on where he's at. That's on the 5 Euro tier also. Um, I'm going to be looking at the breakdown from this game against Glasgow, but the defensive breakdown. I normally do the offensive ruck work. I'm going to be doing defensive ruck work also for this game uh, to give us an idea as to how well we went at them at the defensive breakdown and uh that'll coming up with the trk mailbag coming up this week too so if you have any questions for that info at three trk mailbag in the subject line and i will get that out to you uh this week uh then we're into the wally ratings on saturday we're into the red eye we're into the blood and about podcast. big game like i said so thank you very much for being a subscriber thank you very much for joining me in the month of may i really do appreciate it thank you very much for joining me i will talk to you again very very soon